Hey, it's Stu with Bitcoin and Financial Independence, and I am back podcasting again. It has been far too long since I've recorded a podcast. So I wanted to give a little update because one of the more recent things I had mentioned was getting laid off from my job that I had held for the last couple of years. And that was quite a big blow overall to our our life. It kind of blew things up the last few months. And it's just been crazy scrambling to find a new job, go through the interview process with multiple companies, and uh, try to study and improve some skills. And it's funny because I thought that being laid off, I would actually podcast more, but that's just not how it worked out because my mind was elsewhere and it really consumed my life to kind of work around the house, catch up on some things. And I did end up accepting a job offer this week and I start next week. So now that I'm going to be working full-time again, hopefully I can still make room for podcasting, which sounds odd, but I think it will actually be easier for me now that the pressure is off. And I've got a long weekend to push out a good amount of podcasts and try to pre-record stuff because I've got a lot of ideas and I've been thinking about a lot of things. What I wanted to talk about today was how I'm going to invest in the year 2023. Uh, Now, my last podcast was about goals for 2023 and, and really how I do goals by the quarter. And we are about all the way through February and heading up into March. So by now, most of the people that have probably set goals maybe they're falling off the bandwagon. If you're going strong, you're probably in the minority, but that's awesome. But uh, it might be good to to reevaluate and try to bring those goals closer, break those big goals down into smaller goals and go month by month or quarter by quarter. Here's my thoughts on how to invest in 2023. The first thing that really stands out to me, and it goes with all of the layoffs that have happened through tech and that affected me, um, but I've talked about this book before, and it's by Vincent Puglisi. It's called The Wealth of Connection, and it really comes down to connecting with people and building strong relationships because when you start searching for a job from scratch, it's pretty inefficient, and a lot of times you'll get to that third or fourth final interview. They end up going with someone else, and you don't get the job that you've been preparing for interviews for weeks and invested into this process just to say the right things and and, uh, all the pressure and everything. So it's a really tough and obnoxious, annoying thing that happens all the time. And I've definitely experienced that. So uh, investing in relationships and building out your network, I think, is really a good way to have job security should you be affected by a layoff, should the economy slow, or should your business have any problems. So the job that I ended up getting, uh, it's actually a friend from college. We had several group projects together in college. We took a lot of the same courses. And then we worked at the same company right out of college on different teams. And over the years, we've done pretty similar work. uh, But he has now come into a position of management and knows my skill set. We've stayed in touch over the years and he happened to hop on LinkedIn and see that I was looking and he was in pretty uh, urgent need to open up a new role and and hire somebody. And uh, he contacted me on a Friday about this job that he was opening up and if it was a good fit. And so we felt pretty good about it. And then on Monday, the next business day, I had some fast-tracked interviews for about two and a half hours just to talk to some of the people in the business, make some introductions, learn more about the business. And by Tuesday, I had a written offer, and that's how it went. The timing really couldn't be more perfect and just the way it all fell into place. So again, that is the power of connections and having a powerful network. So I will definitely try to get Vincent Puglisi on my podcast here before too long because I think there's some really good uh, ideas that he can share. And that's a great way that you can invest in the year 2023, what you can do uh, to build your network. Because a lot of the times, it comes down to who you know, but also who knows you. And in this case, I got lucky. 
but it's really not luck. It's hard work and it's staying in touch with people and it's having those positive interactions, those positive relationships over the years and staying in touch with people. So that's the first thing is building and investing in your network. The second thing I think that I need to invest in for 2023 and that everyone else probably does too is your skill set, continuing education, learning new things. Now going into this new job, I'm going to learn some new things. I'm going to experience different data sets. I'm going to have to use different types of code and different data analytics platforms, build some reports, things that I haven't done in a while, things that are not uh, my strong suits. So I'm going to be learning on the job and expanding my skill set further into the data analytics space from what I've done previously. But technology changes so fast over time, and you just never know, especially if you do work in tech, in the IT space. Um, there's always a new language or there's a new best practice. There's always new ways of doing things. And you want to make sure your skills do not end up being obsolete. I mean, even with chat GPT and all of these AI tools that are all of a sudden popping up and making people question if their jobs are going to be outsourced to some artificial intelligence tool. This is a motivator and incentivizer to try and learn new, more advanced skills. One of my college professors would always say that you need to spend five hours per week learning something you don't do in your day job so that you have another skill that you can leverage. You don't want to be a one-trick pony that you're really good at this, but maybe there's something you can do to uh, to expand that skill set out or open up more doors. Like for me, I am really good at SQL, SQL development, and I also see on a ton of job applications Python. You know, I talked about this in my last podcast, but having both opens up probably 30% more jobs that require both skills, whereas I only have one. So to me, that's a high priority to learn something else. You know, it might be a new uh, database system like DBT or a Snowflake. You know, that's a, a company that went public and is kind of making waves throughout the business intelligence data warehousing space. So just an example there, but try to spend five hours a week learning something new that's not related to what you do in your day job. Some additional skills that can open up those doors for you and keep you from becoming obsolete. Now, when it comes to investing for 2023, my third priority is going to be building up my emergency fund. We uh, are fortunate that my wife's business kind of carried us through and helped us maintain our finances. While I lost my job, uh, her business has produced relatively small income compared to me the last three years since she started it. And they did a merger acquisition and, and all the finances took a while to settle. But in January, when I officially got laid off, her income was able to cover all of the monthly spend that we normally have. And I did get four-week severance as well, but it's continued to carry us through the month of February. And we're very fortunate to be in the situation, but it took three years of hard work and growth to get to this point where we are able to reap this reward. So that's been a huge blessing for us. And we were Coming into 2023, before the layoff, just thinking this is going to be awesome with the business and my income. Uh, it's going to be more money than we've ever made by far. And, and I think it'll still be that way, uh, even though I've lost income for you know essentially just a month since I had a one month of severance and I've been laid off for almost two months. But anyway, I do want to prioritize having a six-month emergency fund, possibly a little bit bigger just because my wife is a business owner. And there's additional risk. You just never know what can happen to a business, you know, like a COVID event. Nobody saw that happening. And a ton of businesses shut down because of it. So because there's some risk in the business and 
supposedly, you know, my job will be relatively secure. Um, and it's a very fast growing company. It's been around for years, but it's only about 200 people in this company and there's a lot of need. Uh, they're behind on a lot of things. And it seems honestly kind of like a daunting challenge to jump in and try to put out some fires and make things better. But it's also a huge opportunity for me to prove myself and to add immense value and become indispensable. So uh, you also want to look at that when it comes to work, just shifting back to work. How can you make yourself indispensable, irreplaceable? You want to be that person you know, on your team in your company. So anyway, going back to the emergency fund, we just want to de-risk our personal lives a bit more because her, her income fluctuates from month to month. So we want to increase our emergency savings. And so we'll probably start increasing our emergency fund and try to get that from about five months right now to six months and probably up to eight or nine months is, is what we're thinking. And beyond that, I do have a big HELOC. So this is my fourth investment for 2023 is just to reduce debt. I have a home equity line of credit and we bought our house about two and a half years ago and it needed a lot of work. It needed $35,000 for an HVAC system for new flooring because there was mold under the floor. Uh, the, the pets of the previous owner were allowed to pee in the house. So there was all sorts of nastiness under the floor, uh, under the baseboards. And it was a smoke home. It also had mold. So I had to get all sorts of treatments and, and special paints and primers to cover up all the smell and just to clean things up. And we didn't have an extra $35,000 when we bought this house. So what we ended up doing was opening up uh, some 0% credit cards and maxing those out about 15 grand there. And then also borrowing 15 grand from a family member uh, at, at like three or 4% interest or something like that. So we kind of racked this up and cash flowed it. And then after about six months, we got our home reappraised and we're able to get a good home equity line of credit. And we used that to pay off the family members. We just kind of shifted the debt from a family member to the home equity line of credit. And then we paid off the 0% credit cards before they charged us any interest and shifted that to the HELOC and continued to pay it down. Except uh, I tapped it again to, to buy some investments, to buy some Bitcoin. And it's probably more debt than I should have put us into, but uh, I felt good about it at the time. And I still feel good about it. I don't really have any regrets. The point is, is that I still owe over $50,000 on this home equity line of credit. And the goal is to pay it off within the next 16 months, um, which is very doable for us at this point. Uh, the interest rate is very low. It's 2.8%. And it's going to be that way for 16 months. After that, it's not so good because it's going to jump probably to 7 or 8% now that the Federal Reserve has increased interest rates. So that is my fourth priority after my network, my education, my emergency fund, uh, is, to, is to eliminate this home equity line of credit debt as much as possible. Now, what's interesting about my new job is, once again, I do not have a 401k match. I haven't had it for the last two years, and I'm not going to have it for the next year, but they're supposedly going to try to add that. So we will see. It would be dumb of me to not get the 401k match if it is available to me. But since it's not there, I really don't plan on adding to my 401k. Um, the one thing I would like to do possibly, uh, the, the company has pretty expensive insurance compared to some of my other companies, uh, the health insurance. So we're actually going to try to get that health insurance through my wife's business, uh, just kind of get some private small business health insurance or, or something like that. And that will all be a tax deductible expense for my wife's business, which would hopefully save us and be the most cost effective, best way to get good coverage. Uh, instead of deducting it out of my pay 
and not getting the tax savings. So that's what we'll probably do there. And if possible, we will get a health savings account. We'll get a high deductible health plan and be able to max out a health savings account. And that would probably be the only stocks I would buy just because the health savings account is the best of both worlds from a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. It has the best tax advantage. Uh, that's the only way I really see myself investing in stocks for 2023. Uh, but I am considering maxing out my Roth IRA for the year 2022 and my wife's. We didn't do it this last year because we were trying to pay down HELOC debt and get our emergency fund beefed up. So we've had some, uh, some kind of bigger expenses in the last year. But now that we're double income again, we have until tax day in 2023 to max out Roth IRAs for 2022. So that and the HSA is probably the only stock exposure we will get this year, aside from collecting dividends from our broad passive index funds that are already in retirement and brokerage accounts. So that covers stocks for me. And next up is Bitcoin. Obviously, uh, this podcast is heavily Bitcoin focused, and I would love to be buying a lot of Bitcoin every month, but we really haven't been just for a while because we did get allocated with my home equity line of credit and some other buys. Uh, we've, we dollar cost average. I do use the fold card, which gives me like 30 or $40 of Bitcoin every month just for my normal spend because I usually get between like one and a half and 2% back on everything just for what I normally spend. So that's uh, one way we get some Bitcoin. And then right now I'm just buying $15 of Bitcoin a week. Uh, so not much. I might consider just doing 1% of a Bitcoin a month uh, since it's at about 24000 That would cost me $240 a month. So just to put 1% of a Bitcoin away a month, I think might be a good goal for me while I try to get the rest of my financial world in order. It's, it's really kind of a tough balance because we're living in this fiat currency dollar denominated life but Bitcoin is still growing in adoption. Don't get me wrong, if I didn't have my HELOC debt, I would be buying more Bitcoin at this point, but I really just uh, don't want this debt to hang over us and to clear up some cash flow and just get our finances in a lot better spot. So it's, it's a fine line uh, to, to walk between the traditional financial world and the Bitcoin world, but I do think we will be able to keep dollar cost averaging at least around 250 to 300 bucks a month. So that's kind of my goal with, with buying Bitcoin. Finally is real estate. We, uh, we probably aren't in a position to do anything with real estate this year until we save up another down payment or pay off my HELOC, which if we found a good deal, we might be able to leverage as a down payment or uh, to, to, to borrow for like a fixer-upper house or something like that. So uh, real estate is something we definitely want to get into more. We do have our one rental, which cash flows $350 a month. And I wouldn't mind potentially buying um, another property because that rental is actually collateralized in a business loan for my wife's business. But it's a little bit tricky. We also might sell that rental just because I feel like maybe some of the upside is, is kind of gone. The HOA has had some problems and some special assessments. And I'm wondering, I'm just thinking it's going to get a lot more expensive and eat into my cash flow. Uh, so there's a chance that we would sell it and be able to walk away with a lot of cash since we did buy it, I think, in 2019, so way before the COVID run-up, and it's almost doubled in value. So we could probably walk away with a good amount of money if we wanted to. And then we would just roll that money into a better property that's uh, got a lot more long-term upside appreciation and cash flow. So that's where we are with real estate. Uh, but in a way, we are investing in real estate just by paying down our debt 
I guess it, it increases our real estate equity and it kind of reloads the opportunity to use our HELOC to to get some cash quick if we needed to get together a down payment on a screaming deal or something like that. So those are uh, some of the things that we are working on with real estate. Uh, definitely still looking into some crowdfunded real estate opportunities, maybe some hard money lending, uh, things like that. So that's how I plan to invest in 2023. I kind of lost track there, but I want to invest in my network. I want to invest in my education. Uh, we're going to do our emergency fund, pay down debt, a little bit of stocks, maybe. Uh, Bitcoin and then real estate. So I guess that's seven ways I'm investing in 2023. And those are kind of my priorities, somewhat in order. And I think by the end of this next year, when the home equity line of credit is pretty much wiped out, we'll be able to allocate the money that I was paying off my home equity line of credit, which is about 4000 a month to either real estate or Bitcoin or stocks. So it's going to get uh, hopefully a lot better for us after this hard year of just grinding to pay that off. So I hope that isn't an overshare. That's kind of where we are with things. I just wanted to paint this picture and share thoughts of how I'm thinking about 2023 and really trying to pay, play some defense and to de-risk my personal finances while also freeing up cash flow and being able to open up my home equity line of credit for more opportunities because the economy might get worse. Um, we, we, no one has a crystal ball. You never know when there's going to be a crash and you'll have an opportunity to buy real estate or stocks or Bitcoin really, really cheap. So that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. It's just to get to where I can take advantage of opportunities again and have more flexibility. Now, if this sounds unrelatable, uh, maybe, maybe you're struggling to save even 5% of your income. Maybe you're paycheck to paycheck. Um, it's taken me a long time. And so I'm going to record another podcast here soon about savings rate and about increasing your income and job hopping. And uh, if you want any coaching or consulting, uh, I will link to my volley. It's a way that you can send me a video or an audio or a text message, and we can communicate there and do some consulting. So look for that in the show notes and on my pod page website. And remember, financial independence is doable. I'll be back with you soon. Take care.